760 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number three of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. And as always, you can follow us online at KDOS1060.com. And if you missed it on uh, yesterday, we had the news in the morning. There's now a KDOS AM 1060 app. Android users, you're coming soon. Apple users, it's live now. You can get to the Apple Store, uh, type in KDOS 1060, download the app. We This morning, we have some new prizes and listener rewards up and going for you uh, to kind of thank you for being uh, so supportive of us and here's the new app and hopefully we have some fun things as we learn more about it all but uh, big also big thanks to Superbook Sports for their contributions to be able to get that app up and operational it is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 live from Radio Row. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here. And we'll be joined by Sean King around uh, 12.15 to go into some prop bets and what he thinks about the game. He's coming to us from Beeson, so we'll look forward to that here shortly. Let's set the scene, though, with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs or the Eagles, Corey? The lead is starting to decrease for the Eagles. They're at 59% right now. Chiefs at 41 over on KDUS1060.com. Over on Twitter at KDUSAM1060, uh, which unit has the advantage on Sunday? Uh, that is the Bengals. Am I, uh, am I still live here? Yes, you are. Okay, you had completely cut out there, so glad to know that we're still live here. All right, KDOS AM 1060 on Twitter, and we have the Twitter poll question, which unit has the advantage on Sunday, Chiefs defense or Eagles offense, Corey? Leading right now, Eagles offense, 69.2% of the vote, Chiefs defense at 30.8% on KDOS AM 1060 on Twitter. The big news of this morning as well came overnight, and that was with the Suns making a big splash with Matt Ishbia, now officially the new uh, owner of the team. We had the Suns sending four first-round picks, a 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029 uh, years, and Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson to the Nets. In return, the Nets are sending Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to Phoenix. Subsequently, Jay Crowder is off to the Bucks for five second round picks. The Suns did immediately move to five to one favorites on Bet MGM and Caesars and plus 460 on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. But today is the NBA trade deadline at 1 p.m. local time. There was another trade that happened yesterday as well that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet. So we'll dive into that before some of the other trades we've been seeing throughout the afternoon. A three team trade with the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves. The Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz got Russell Westbrook and a first rounder likely going to buy out Russell Westbrook. Timberwolves got Mike Conley Jr., uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and multiple picks. 
Okay, let's start with the Westbrook thing. Uh, it was reported almost uh, the second that the trade was reported that they were he was going to be bought out. And yeah, he supposedly, I've heard there's been three or four teams mentioned, he apparently prefers uh, be signing with the Clippers or the Miami Heat. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, as far as uh, you know, the, you know, the other parts of this trade, uh, D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers. I'm not exactly sure what they're expecting here. Um, he's been around in the NBA already on a, a handful of teams. Uh, he went to Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State fan, born in Columbus. And when he was in uh, his one year at Ohio State was uh, selfish basketball. Uh, and I don't think there were too many people that were all that discouraged and upset when he left early for the NBA. So not my favorite guy. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if he cures the Lakers' woes or not, but we'll see how that goes. Also, the Suns made another trade this morning. They traded Dario Saric to Oklahoma City uh, for uh, Darius Baisley, who's just kind of a role player right now. Uh, he's 22 years old, 6'9". He's averaging only uh, you know, as a limited minutes, uh, you know, basically eight nine minutes per game when he does play, uh, and also the Suns, uh, you know, are getting a second round draft pick uh, in the in this trade too. Some of the other trades that we've seen here so far this afternoon, the Warriors are trading James Wiseman to the Pistons for Shattuck Bay, so it looks like the Warriors experiment with Wiseman is over. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Sadiq Bay fan, and yeah, he went to Villanova. And I think one thing we are certainly understand we understand about Villanova players uh, when you know, at least under the Jay Wright regime, he's obviously not there now. He's moved on to television at least for now. Uh, but Villanova players are ready to play in the NBA, whether it be Mikael Bridges or Jared Brunson or many others. Uh, and uh, you know, Bay's another guy. Uh, yeah, this is a very good move for the Warriors here. Obviously, they couldn't find a place or figure out what to do with Wiseman. So to get a good player who will make, an, uh, I think, a, a pretty close to an immediate impact, if not an immediate impact for the Warriors, that's a good trade. Uh, the Nuggets are trading Bones Highland to the Clippers. The Clippers will send the Nuggets a 2024 and 2025 second-round pick. Uh, Bones Highland was certainly on the, the chopping block, right. though, in a lot of different potential trades uh, this week. Yeah, actually, they like him, but uh, they just don't quite need him as much as other teams. I'm not real sure how anybody or anything fits into the Clippers, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, also, it appears that uh, the Suns have also moved on from Dario Saric, and you have more about that. Yeah, I just mentioned that. Uh, they got, you know, that's the Baisley trade. Yeah, sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing. Uh, the Hawks are trading Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky to Houston for Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. Uh, so that's not exactly the Hawks trade that we were uh, expecting so far. Yeah, the Suns play the Hawks tonight, so it's going to be uh, depleted rosters. And once again, I say this every year when we get to the baseball trade deadline and uh, the NBA trade deadline day is the same thing. You're out of your mind if you actually made an NBA bet this morning. Uh, or, you know, these rosters are not going to be anywhere near what you think. And then even before the Suns trade last night, this is the first of a back-to-back -to, -back to really conclude the road trip for the Suns. They play Indiana tomorrow night at Indiana. 
and uh, Booker is not playing in the back in the, in the back-to-back situations, and Booker is not playing tonight. That was announced before the trade last night with uh, Durant. Uh, yeah, you're 100% right on, on no one should be involved in any bets this uh, right now in, in terms of waiting to figure out how teams are going to get formulated and who's going to be on the move and, and what you're going to be up to next. Uh, it does look like here that the Pacers are acquiring Bucks guard George Hill and a second round pick and the Pacers will take on Hill's $4 million in space. Yeah, uh, he's been on the Pacers at least a couple of times. I believe he's even from Indianapolis originally before he went to college. So uh, kind of a, some kind of a homecoming thing and uh, maybe a variety of ways for him. So interesting here, there's still about... 50 minutes or so left until the trade deadline and oftentimes we don't hear about some of them until they kind of start trickling in here right at the deadline and a little after even though they've been agreed in principle as well. Uh, The Lakers are trading Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets for Devon Reed and three second round picks. I don't think I've ever seen this many second round picks on the move. (laughs) That's true. Well you get the Lakers you know they don't have a whole lot of options so uh you know, they're trying to, I think, accumulate, I assume, they're trying to accumulate as much draft capital as they can because they don't have that much of it to start with. Hey, Corey, let's go to break here now because Sean King has just joined us at the table, and so we won't want to keep him waiting too much longer. So we'll go to break now, and then we'll be joined by Sean King with Vison here on the other side, get his perspective. I, I do have to ask a question before we get into the betting part of it because he is a Super Bowl champion. There's a lot that's going on this week, and how does he feel about all of that? So we'll ask that first, and then we'll get his perspective on the betting numbers and everything on the other side of the break. It is Bob Kemp. It is Kayla Mortolaro right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. Sean King, Beeson on the other side of the break. social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com live from Super Bowl Radio Row. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you and we're sitting down with Sean King, former NFL quarterback and host of VEASAN Primetime Weeknights on VEASAN. Sean, how are you today? I'm great. It's so awesome to be back in the wonderful city of Phoenix. A lot of people don't know this, but I played for the Cardinals in 04. I lived out in Ahwatukee and... Listen, I live in Vegas now, Kayla, but the weather in Phoenix is so much nicer. It snowed in Vegas last week, so to be here in this beautiful weather, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Well, we're glad to have you. Glad Chamber of Commerce decided to show up for this week. Uh, I hear next week it might be dipping back down again, so (laughs) glad to have you here. Uh, You did play for the Cardinals, but you also did play for the Buccaneers, and you were a part of a Super Bowl winning team where you guys beat the Raiders 48-21. Can you describe what the preparation for the week is like, but then also... Help us understand what it's like coming out of that tunnel, getting ready to play for a Super Bowl. So, Kayla, they really should do a 30 for 30 on that initial Bucks team that won a Super Bowl because we were the most disrespected team in the history of this league. I'll be honest. We uh, we played the NFC Championship game. We were at Philly, 
and we were the night game. So night game, East Coast, probably 6 p.m. start. We left Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, probably around 10, 30, 11. We got back to Tampa, I want to say maybe 12, 31 in the morning. Uh, went right to the stadium. Stadium was full of Bucks fans. Shout out to everybody that, 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 that came and supported us. But we had a 10.30 flight the next morning to San Diego because we didn't get the week in between. This was one of those years where Super Bowl was the next Sunday right. after the uh, uh, conference championship. So, I mean, we didn't really get the experience into any of this. So we were, okay, we got back home. Let's pack for seven days. We're right on a plane, you know, get to practice, got a game, you know, in a few days. So I don't know what they're going through. I would imagine this is a lot more relaxed. Uh, you get a lot more time to decompress. You don't have as much stress. You're not worried about how mom and dad is going to get to the game. Where are they going to sit? Like, does their hotel room have two twin beds as opposed to the queen, you know, <laughs> that I did, or the king that I requested? So, I mean, a lot of those details that, that go along with a, 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 an event like this, we, I mean, we, we were stressed out. I was surprised that, that we won in the fashion that we won, you know. Uh, but what an experience. Actually, as far as coming out the tunnel, Qualcomm is a dump. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. So there's nothing like you know the, what they're gonna come out of. And, and now the NFL is this new thing. You build a stadium, you get a Super Bowl. Man, Qualcomm is a terrible stadium. And, and any Charger fans or whoever played in that stadium, man, I was I, we pulled up, and I was like, is this a joke? Like this was built in what 1950. So I, <laughs> that's so what I was thinking about. So it's an upgrade, is what you're yes, saying. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. To answer your question, I was like, man, I've been waiting my whole life to get here, and this where they host this thing at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, spent, you know what? I, I appreciate the honesty. Right, right. So you know it's a dump. Yes, it was ni- It was a dump when it was allegedly nice. That was a right. long time ago. So there you go. Hey, away from the Super Bowl, and we'll get back to that in a minute, I want to ask you about Kyler Murray. Uh, lots of opinions here, including from me, uh, which has changed uh, over the last two or three years. What do you think of Kyler Murray, and is the situational with him fixed? Uh, situation with him fixable? In you know, obviously the, the, the now the knee injury throws another you know, you know thing into the into the uh, in the in the dynamic of all this. But what, what do you think of him moving forward? Well, one, I hope he's listening because I've never met Kyler Murray in my life. But as a former black quarterback. I root for all NFL quarterbacks, especially the guys that look like me, to have success on the field and financially. And he has achieved levels financially that I could only dream of. But my piece of advice for him would be when everyone's saying something, then at some point you have to come, you have to become introspective and address what do I need to change. Like that would be the thing that I would tell him. Like, you got to make some adjustments because it's not just your peers. It's not just your coaches. It's not just people in management. You know, everybody that I've heard that has an evaluation of how he's handled his period here in Arizona, it, it's some things that he probably needs to make some adjustments of. And listen, when, you, when you're earning that kind of money, when you have the kind of talent he has, you know, criticism isn't always something that you receive well. So if he wants to change the narrative because he's young enough to change it, then he got to ask himself, okay, what can I do different? Even if his mistakes weren't malicious, they were still mistakes. So, so hopefully, you know, as he rehabs, he gets some time to, 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 to figure out, okay, when I come back, how do I reinvent myself? Because this isn't the end of his story. I think the, the rest of the book's going to be a lot better, you know, than the, than the initial chapters. 
Sean King, former NFL quarterback and host of VEASAN Primetime Weeknights on VEASAN. You, you open the door here about being a former quarterback and being a former black quarterback, and you're always rooting for people uh, in this situation. And now we have a Super Bowl that's featuring two black quarterbacks. I just want to give you the platform to kind of speak on that. Well, it's amazing. Um, I think what's happened is supply and demand. I mean, the, it was always the NFL dictated to college football. And then I really think you could say it started with my draft class in 1999, where we had Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Dante Culpepper, myself, Aaron Brooks. Like, all five of us came in the league in that draft. And I think that started to the evolution of where we're at, where now, I mean, when you look at college football, I mean, that's your pool of talent. That's where your incoming, you know, uh, personnel is coming from so the NFL has had to adjust and, and the, the organizations that have done a good job of adjusting have been extremely successful and that's your Jalen Hurts you know there was a time when Jalen Hurts couldn't succeed in this league you know everything was under center fullback tight end I mean everything was three five seven step drop throw from the pocket like I don't include Patrick Mahomes because he's a unicorn like I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be great no matter what era he's in. But guys like Jalen, you know, they have a much greater opportunity now because the game has evolved and changed so much to be successful, and they're taking advantage of it. Speaking of Mahomes and Hurts, uh, obviously Mahomes with the ankle, Hurts with the shoulder. How do you factor that into your handicapping of the game? Well, I don't, man. This, this human body is an amazing vessel. I mean, it can do miraculous things. And these guys are not only young, but they're in their prime. And they've had 14 days to rehab and ice and stem and sleep and rest and eat right. Man, listen, if they play bad, whichever one or both or none, it won't be because of any pre-existing injuries. It'll just be because they played bad. They're both healthy. They're ready to go. I'm hoping we're going to see an exciting game. Sean King, former NFL quarterback and host of VEASAN Primetime Weeknights on VEASAN. VEASAN, the sports betting network, the first 24-7 broadcast network dedicated exclusively to sports betting. All right, so help me understand this in terms of the prop world. So Travis Kelsey always gets open. Six and a half was the last time I saw his reception number at. Uh, are you willing to pay the juice to go over six and a half? I am not. And listen, there's a couple different ways that people approach props. Um, some people are going to have 100 prop bets out there, and if they go 60 and 40 or 55 and 35, you know, they had a they, – they, as long as they finish up five, six, seven units, you know, it, it was a good day for them. Some people are going to isolate, you know, four or five things that they really love and really attack them. Uh, some people are going to attach their prop bets to whichever team they think is going to win, whichever side they bet, how they think the game – is going to play out. I don't think there's a right or wrong way because props are props. Like, you know, so many variables go into, mm -hmm. you know, which ones are successful, which ones aren't. I think for a game like this, listen, if you don't do this for a living, pick the players you like and take the over. Pick the players you don't like and take the under. And guess what? Your bets and your emotions can match up and hopefully you can catch some tickets at the end of it. I, I want to kind of combine uh, your quarterback uh, knowledge and you know, history and strategy and so forth. How would you, as a quarterback, you, let's say you have the Chiefs' weapons if you're on the Chiefs and the same with the Eagles, how would you try to attack these two respective defenses? Well, I think the one thing we have not seen with Philly is, you know, them have to defend great quarterback play. When you look at their schedule, 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers probably was the only top 10 quarterback they faced all year. You know, uh, when you look at the Chiefs defense, they've gone up against Justin Herbert twice, Joe Burrow twice. They played Josh Allen. They had Trevor Lawrence twice. Like, they faced a much higher level of talent at the opposing quarterback. So if I'm Mahomes, you know, I really want to find out, is this Chiefs, I mean, is this Eagles defense as good as people think? Like, can they defend down the field throws? Can they defend a quarterback that's going to extend plays and they have to cover the scramble drill? So, you know, I think we're going to find out a lot about this Eagles defense uh, because they're going to get tested like they haven't gotten tested. And listen, if, if you're the Chiefs, man, you got to hit Jalen. Like, I'm just telling you, man, when they're running all those QB meshes, you got to just hit the quarterback. Don't worry about if he hands the ball off. You know, that's the one thing in college that people do that takes a toll is they, they hit the quarterback. So that's an opportunity to take some shots. If I was Spagnola, that's what I would do, especially early in this game. Let's get some hits on him. So when it comes to kind of figuring out the, the trenches is where this might be won with the great offensive and defensive lines for the Eagles and how the Chiefs are going to be able to match up with that, does this kind of lend itself then to an under type game? So that's interesting because I don't really have a good grasp, Kayla, on what Philly is. Like, they won a game where Jalen threw for under 150 yards twice in the playoffs. So if this turns into a game where they're trailing, do they even have the capability to turn into a, a team that, that throws the ball? Like, they've shown, like, if you can't defend their run game, that they're going to put up points. They've shown that. Uh, so we'll see if Chris Jones and that defensive front from the Chiefs can make them one-dimensional, force them to throw the ball. We'll find out. Are they advanced enough to throw the ball in between the hashes, timing routes on the edges, and, and be successful? Why don't you go ahead, Kayla? Okay. Uh, well, then we'll just wrap it up here with this question. So then what do you think happens? Are you on anything for uh, the spread or any favorite prop we can get you so to So I us? think Patrick Mahomes is the most unique talent we've ever seen. Not the most accomplished. He's not the greatest yet because he still has a lot of his career left. But just talent-wise, he's the most unique one I've ever seen. So if you give me him with his experience of already being in two of these games and points, I went Chiefs plus the two. I got it right when the line came out. I think it's plus one and a half now. So I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and points. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is a 28-17 kind of Chiefs win. Do you think the line moves at all? I don't think so. Not based on what I've heard. I think a lot of people are on the side of the Eagles. So maybe you get back to plus two, but that would probably be the max. He's Sean King, former NFL quarterback, host of VEASAN Primetime weeknights on VEASAN. For a limited time, you can get a one-month VEASAN Pro subscription for just $9.99. You'll get access to their 24-7 channel, big-time betting guide, pro betting tips, and more for all less than $10. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe for more. Sean, this has been a pleasure to get to meet you, have this conversation. Thank you so much for joining Bob Thank and I. Thank you for having me, Kayla. Appreciate it. Once again, he is Sean King, former NFL quarterback, and we'll be back here live from Super Bowl Radio Row here in the Extra Point. It is Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until 1 o'clock today.
Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. Apple users, you can now download the new KDOS AM 1060 app. Just type in KDOS 1060. Android users, you're coming here shortly. Uh, there are now listener rewards live, so go ahead and take advantage of everything that is being offered right now through that KDOS 1060 app. Live here from Super Bowl Radio Row, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until 1 o'clock. Uh, just a little check-in here with the WM Phoenix Open. Charlie Hoffman, he's out in front tied with Xander Shoffley at three under par. Uh, they're sitting atop the leaderboard right now. Some of the bigger names that we're following, uh, when we look at Scotty Scheffler, he tees off at uh, 240, so he's still got time to go. But the guys that were out on the course, Patrick Cantlay, he's two over through nine. He needs to turn it around. Colin Morikawa is two over over through 10. Shane Lowry is also two over through 10. Tommy Fleetwood, two over through 12. So maybe this is indicative that scoring is a little bit tough out there. Tony Finau is plus one through nine. Some of these big name guys, Hideki Matsuyama, plus one through 10. Rory McIlroy, plus one through 10. So I'm curious to see how this course is playing and maybe if it has surprised some of the players with these uh, scores and the, the caliber of golfer uh, being over par right now. When it comes to other things happening, though, uh, in the world of sports, it's nonstop here. The NBA trade deadline is coming up at 1 o'clock, and we have some more trades to get into. Shams is reporting that the Los Angeles Lakers are trading Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic for center Mo Bamba. Yeah, that's good. Uh, if you don't like Patrick Beverly, and I'm guessing most people in Maricopa County don't, and other counties for that matter, uh, you, uh, you probably prefer he just go to a bad team and kind of you know do whatever he wants to do there. And he's going to a, a young team. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's some very good young players on the Orlando Magic. Hopefully they're not influenced by Beverly in the future. As far as Bomber to the Lakers, you know, certainly he can defend. Uh, I think that this would be, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, unfortunately, uh, Davis can't, can't stay, seem to stay healthy. So I don't know if it's like an insurance plan in case it's not, in case Davis goes down again. Uh, but uh, that's that's my initial impression there. You know, the Lakers, so obviously moving on from Russell Westbrook, that seemed to have been a thing that uh, they wanted to do for a while now, able to finally get that done. But the suggestion of Mo Bamba, who is obviously going to be able to to help them in this particular sense, to help that uh, front court with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, does this suggest that the Lakers think that there's an opportunity here for them, or is it just kind of retooling when they have the opportunity to? I think there's a lot of teams in the NBA that think there's an opportunity for them because, A, and I know the Celtics have the best record, but I don't look at the Celtics as the dominant team in the league. I don't think there is a dominant team in the league. And if you look at the Western Conference, you know, there's like six or seven teams, uh, maybe even more than that now, that are like within six or seven games in a loss column. So who knows? Uh if this it just kind of furthers my usual stance on the NBA that the you know really don't pay too much attention to what's going on in the regular season or certainly before the trade deadline because it all seems to not matter a whole lot after we get past the trade deadline. 
The San Antonio Spurs, according to Shams, are trading Josh Richardson to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans are uh, sending along Devontae Graham. Yeah, I think those are just complimentary players uh, at this point. Yeah, the Pelicans, uh, kind of hard to figure out what's going on with them. Unfortunately, Zion's out for a few more games at least. They, meant, they announced that yesterday. Uh, he's already been out for roughly, what, about 20 games now uh, with the latest injury. And, uh, you, know, you know, for somebody that uh, thought that that was clearly he was the best player in that draft, but also I think a lot of people, and myself included, wondered if he was going to have a staying power in the NBA just because of the way that his, uh, he, he's actually gotten better in better shape than he was when he was at Duke, but you just kind of wonder whether that body's going to last long term. Obviously, the big news here locally for the Suns is the emergence of Kevin Durant coming here along with T.J. Warren. Uh, but in able in in regards to the Suns being able to get those players, they did have to ship off some key key pieces. That being uh, Cam Johnson, that being Mikael Bridges, and four first round picks. Uh, certainly, this to me suggests that this is a win now move. And if kind of in the vein of thinking that everything is kind of wide open that maybe this is an opportunity for them to make a splash if it's my understanding as well here kind of looking back at history that this is maybe the biggest move that a deal has been made since Charles Barkley was uh coming here to Phoenix back in 1992 yeah that makes sense I think that's a good comparison for sure uh as far as an impact player no doubt uh, you know, actually, I was very, very much more favorable about the Barkley trade than I am this one. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, they better win this year because I just can't imagine what this team's going to look like after this year. And, you know, Durant's had, unfortunately, some injury history in recent years. That's plural. Uh, and he's currently injured. And we don't even know when he's going to play for the Suns for the first time. And he's 34 years old, so you can't discount that in terms of right. basketball years and just how much playoff experience he has had that tacks on some extra basketball years as well. But it's interesting. I wonder if there's kind of a, a twofold thought process here that, one, if it doesn't work out, you're kind of left starting over, or two, what are you able to then turn around and, and flip? Would you be able to flip like a DeAndre Ayton for some picks, or is his value around the league not that high so you really are? are starting over from scratch if this doesn't work out well i don't think really eating has anything to do with this i mean if it doesn't work out you got to figure out uh if you're going to keep Durant, he's got three more years on his contract chris paul obviously he's not going to play forever uh and you know Aiton, as i mentioned earlier he's going to get less touches and less shots now than i ever did before uh, yeah, and I think that uh, if the Suns are able to, they'd have to probably try to find another point guard. But 20 minutes left in the trade deadline, not sure that that's doable. Also, what do they have available for them uh, to offer up in that particular situation to be able to back up Chris Paul, as you mentioned, some injury history and age as well, uh, and, and to also be impactful on the court because you're relying now on campaign who's been injured for quite some time now, and then you're relying on Saban Lee. Yeah, uh, finding a point guard in the NBA and the trade the you know, the trade deadline is kind of like trying to find offensive linemen in the free agency in the NFL. 
those guys are very valuable and uh, not very frequently moving. Uh, you know, they're usually staying with the teams that they're on and it's usually a building block for teams. Now, there's one name here that has been linked to various different teams, linked to the Suns as well, but he's not coming to the Suns. The Rockets are finally offloading yeah. guard Eric Gordon, and he is going to the Clippers, and the Clippers are sending Luke Kennard to the Grizzlies, who are sending three second-round picks back to the Clippers. Again, sticking with my theme of I've never seen this many second-round picks on the move. Yeah, Eric Gordon, before all the Durant's thing from last night and all that, that's the one player I wanted the Suns to get the most, uh, which I've mentioned a couple of times over the last, what, two or three weeks at least, maybe even longer than that because it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to stay in Houston. Uh, he's a professional player. He can score. He can handle some ball handling. Uh, he's a really good player. And... Uh, I'd rather have, once again, I'd rather the Suns just gotten Eric Gordon and not make the move that they made last night and unload Bridges and Johnson and four first-round picks for Durant. You know, I think we, it's safe to say that we're both a little bit disappointed that Mikhail had to be part of the deal. And I'm just curious to know, and obviously we're not going to know this for quite some time, but just how impactful those four first-rounders are. Uh, you know, building through through the draft when we have those conversations about the NFL and how we can maybe compare that to the NBA, just how important first rounders are and being able to hit on those picks, not being able to have four of them, maybe that's going to come back to, to kind of bite them here. Especially if you're not going to win a championship this year. I mean, you know, if the, you would th I'm sure that the Suns are thinking, well, those first-round picks are going to be late first-round picks because we're going to you know, be great and win championships or whatever. Uh, I will also say, though, that uh, you know, first-round picks in the NBA, more, it's more, I think as time goes on, uh, we see these players in less and less in college, and we're not really sure... Uh, what we're getting in when they're drafted the NBA, I think there's been more of a hit and miss in first-round picks, and I'm talking lottery pick guys even, not just the you know, obviously after that, who knows? Uh, but uh, it's it's not a it's not as I don't want to say sure thing, but it's not as uh, you're not as confident. I'm guessing most teams when they draft a first rounder as you were before, unless you just have just a couple of elite players at the top of every draft. I'll, we'll have to get this perspective on the other side of the break, but just kind of thinking about it, you know, Matt Ishbia became the controlling owner yesterday, makes a ginormous splash, and just kind of thinking this through of did he feel like he had to make that splash as the new owner uh, or the, the buzz around Kevin Durant wanting to come here in the summer and finally being able to make it, make it happen and just kind of realizing that maybe the team as it was constructed just wasn't good enough to get over the hump, that he had to make that next step, and he felt like he could make it happen. We'll get into that a little bit, and I want to get your kind of opinion on that on the other side of the break as it is Extra Point live from Radio Row here on KDOS AM 1060. Final segment. 
segment of this Thursday, February 9th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. Apple users, download the new app, KDOS 1060. Uh, sign up for the listener rewards. We've got some great prizes there up and operational for you right now. It is that time, though. Once again, it is thank you time. But, Bob, I'm going to make you wait for just a second to get in with the thank oh, yous. Because- roll. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> right now, it's our Lunch for Two giveaway by Port of Subs, the quality you crave since 1972. They're slicing up the quality uh, that you crave at Port of Subs. You know the taste of your favorite premium sliced fresh meats and cheeses on fresh baked bread and all of those crunchy, crispy veggie toppings with your favorite savory sauces. That's what they're talking about. It's that special from Port of Subs, the quality and blends of the flavors that keep you wanting more. So visit your neighborhood Porta Subs today, and they'll slice up the taste that you've been craving. Visit them at portasubs.com to find a valley location nearest you. Place your order online today. Caller number 3, 602-260-1060 is the winner of the Lunch for Two giveaway. In addition to that, pop on over to kdos1060.com. We're winding down. It's Thursday. So there's uh, one final day for you to get entered and registered to win for the big game catered party from Porta Subs. That's over at kdos1060.com. But right now, caller number 3, 602-260-1060, the lunch for two from Porta Subs. All right, Bob, I've made you wait long enough. It's thank you time. Hopefully I can get my rhythm back here. Uh, as always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else hip the cracks. Also our multiple guests today, Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, excellent stuff there, obviously, regarding the Super Bowl. And then we talked a couple other things with Sam in addition to the Super Bowl. Also, Adam Baudelli from StubHub. Uh, Gus Farratt, uh, host of NFL Alumni Media uh, Week, and uh, lots going on there. And then Sean King, host of VEASAN, uh, one of the hosts on VEASAN. And uh, good stuff from Sean, former Cardinal, among other things, Mr. King. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And uh, Kayla, you mentioned Dave and Max yesterday. Also, in addition to helping us uh, get set up and sound as good as we do. Uh, so anybody else? Do you want to add to that? You know, I think I actually do, and I'm just going to call it the whole crew uh, back in the studios here who are all a part of getting this app for KDOS AM 1060 up and going and uh, working with us to get the prizes turned around so quickly. Uh, So that's been a really fantastic team effort here. So thanks to all the people back at the station for making all of that happen. Uh, Really excited to be able to bring the app to you guys here. KDOS 1060 uh, Android is coming here soon soon. So that will conclude my portion of the thank yous. And coming up next here on KDOS AM 1060, it is the Doug Gottlieb show uh, from 1 to 3 p.m., followed by the Rich Eisen show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. Uh, So, Bob, I had teased it along that I wanted to kind of get your opinion on whether or not you, you feel the sense that there was this commitment to the new ownership Matt Ishbia gets announced yesterday his introductory press conference yesterday that it just kind of comes across as that he needs to make a splash here uh, to make something happen here with the Phoenix Suns or if it really is just kind of back and forth conversations saying internally this group has taken us as far as we can get it what next can we do 
Yeah, I don't think we really know, but I think it's certainly something that has to be brought up just because of the timing of the whole thing. And uh, needless to say, you know, the Sarver you know, mess, and you know, that's a good word for it, at least one we can use on radio, uh, the Sarver mess, uh, it's unfortunate that that did not get solved and you know, rectified, etc., before in the land, you know, officially before at this time. So kind of, uh, you know, put them up against the wall, I guess, to some extent. But then I think a lot of people, um, I guess the majority of people think this is a great trade for the Suns. And based by the betting odds, I guess the at least the market believes that. I'm not sure necessarily the betters do, but the market certainly has dictated that this is a, a move that the Suns are now a, the contender in some places, uh, depending on where you do your wagering and uh, so forth. Obviously, Kevin Durant has the pedigree. Obviously, Kevin Durant has the scoring. I think you bring up some good points about where is the defense going to come on that side of the ball if we are playing defense in the playoffs. Uh, and then in addition to that, there is some bench concerns and some right. depth concerns. And I, I think at this point, it, it's hard to, to, to handicap this if you are a general manager trying to construct your team because you always want to make sure that you think that your guys are going to be healthy. But at this point, that has to start creeping into your mind a little bit about the health of the key players that you're counting on. Uh, it, I'm not sure it was at least number one in the thought process for the Suns. Um, you know, for those, in, I apologize if you've been, God bless you, if you've been listening for three hours, we appreciate that. But if you're just tuning in, I'm not in favor of this trade. And I liked what they had uh, it, uh, before last night at 11 o'clock, at least when we found out about this. I liked what they had then, uh, assuming that group was going to be healthy. Who knows? And, you know, talking about Booker and others and Chris Paul whether they make it through the season. But uh, I preferred the old roster to the uh, roster for the rest of this season. Uh, so a couple of other trade things is the trade deadline is now just five minutes away in the NBA. The Blazers are trading Gary Payton the second to the Warriors. Get ready back for it, Bob. Warriors. Back to the Warriors. Yes, yeah. back to the Warriors is a key point there. But also get ready for this. Five second-round picks. Well, we second-round picks are oftentimes you know stashes, European players we've never seen play and – yeah, unless it's, uh, you know, obviously uh, there have been second-round picks that have hit, and, uh, you yeah, know, Manu Ginobili comes to mind. <laughs> that worked out rather well for the Spurs, and I know all Suns fans hate Ginobili, but uh, he was one of my favorite players ever, uh, actually. And, uh, you know, so it works out sometimes, but the second-round picks, I wouldn't get too worked up over a lot of second-round picks moving. It's hard enough right now to get a first-round pick to hit, especially if you're not, in the, say, out of the top five. In fact, even in the top five, we've had guys that were colossal busts. Uh, the Hawks here, according to Chris Haynes of TNT, uh, are planning to keep John Collins. <laughs> the annual trade rumors. This has been going on for like three or four years, however long he's been in the league. Uh, and uh, you know, it gives me one last chance until the next time to mention how big a fan I am of John Collins it was back in his Wake Forest days and I've tried to you know, advocate the Suns trying to acquire him for several years <laughs> so uh, we'll see but uh, you know the, uh, I'll probably be sitting here a year from now and uh, we'll have John Collins trade rumors if he's still with the Hawks it seems like that's what the path is going toward. Uh, so just a brief look here at the WM Phoenix Open atop the leaderboard it remains 
uh, actually, we have a leader change. Sam Ryder, who was in contention. He had led from start to almost finish at uh, Torrey Pines when Max Homa won. He's out in front at four under par through 13 holes. Xander Shoffley's in second alone now at three under par. Patrick Cantlay remains at two over par in a tie for 38th now. Sunjay M, Colin Morikawa, also a grouping of people in that two under category. So interesting to see how this kind of unfolds as the afternoon continues. Tony Finau, another betting favorite at plus one through 11 holes Rory McIlroy plus one through 11 holes as well but this is actually kind of surprising to me I didn't realize that this had never happened before it's a first the Waste Management Phoenix Open announced that it has sold out of general admission tickets for Friday and Saturday I guess it's no surprise though with it being the week of the Super Bowl with it being an elevated event uh, the PGA Tour just has to be absolutely ecstatic that this is taking place no doubt perfect storm for them huh oh absolutely and I can only imagine what it would be like having to play uh, because typically, you know, at the, the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale, all of the action is on, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's where everyone kind of clusters together. That's maybe where all the rowdiness takes place. If you want to actually watch real golf, it's uh, not real golf. They're playing real golf. But if you actually want to get up and close and personal and watch all of it, uh, you go to the front nine. I'm curious to see if everyone's just going to keep congregating itself in to those holes or if it's maybe going to get the atmosphere spread out a little bit more throughout the whole course and really just be uh, electric the entire uh, 18 holes. I believe Adam mentioned the term frat party. But we are uh, wrapping up things here from Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, Super Bowl 57, of course, between the Chiefs and the Eagles. And a lot of fun stuff is headed your way tomorrow as well. Uh, Preparing for on the docket, uh, Sam Ponder with ESPN, Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN, Dick Buckus, uh, Lewis Riddick from ESPN, Sam Acho. And, of course, we will also have Ian Wharton as well. for prop discussion we've had ian on all season long so looking forward to culminate that with him thanks so much for listening here to kdos am 1060 in the extra point have yourselves a fantastic thursday